Well, good morning, all of you. What a great day it is, not just because the sun's are shining, but because the Lord is alive. He's alive forevermore. And uh, I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 30 to 37. Luke 10, verse 30 to 37. Amen. Give you a chance to get there. And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Verse 31. By chance there came by a certain priest that way, Whenever he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Verse 32. Likewise, a Levi, when he came to the place, he came and looked upon him and passed by on the other side. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, journeying, came there also, you might say, and looked upon him, in verse 34, I want you to notice specifically, and he went to him and bounded up his wounds, poured in oil and wine, and set him on his beast and brought him to the inn and took care of him. Verse 35, and the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto them, Take care of him, whatever he spends more, when I come I will repay. Verse 36. Which now these, Jesus asked this question then, was the neighbor who had done unto him. And verse 37. And he said, He that showed mercy. And then Jesus said, Go and do thy likewise. Go do thy likewise. We're going to title this this morning, Jesus is the Good Samaritan. He is the Good Samaritan. He's the one that came down from heaven and left everything that he had, what he said he came down, and blessed us. You ought to shout hallelujah. I tell you, more and more I live for God and see the thing. I tell you, we ought to shout hallelujah to God every day of our lives. There ought to be praise coming up out of our lives of what he has done for us. He is the good Samaritan. He's painting a picture here of who he is and what we're supposed to do when he's gone. He's the good Samaritan. Jericho Road was called the Road of Blood or the Road of Red because it was one of the most dangerous roads a person to travel. And you, some of our cities are like that now. They tell you, uh, one of them is Shreveport. They tell you, be sure you don't go down one of them streets because the crime is so high. So that was a very difficult thing here. Then we have the priest comes by, due to number 1911. The reason he didn't go over there 
if they touched a dead person, for as he knew he was dead, they would become defiled also. You said, well, how come Jesus could do that if he's the good Samaritan? When he was baptized, the Holy Ghost came on him, and the anointing was in him where he could do that. You ought to shout hallelujah if you got the Holy Ghost because you've got the anointing in your life to touch the unclean and make it clean. Amen? He couldn't do it. And then the Levite, he just didn't have time. Well, Brother Billy, we're in a busy world. We just don't, we're no busier than ever has been. You got the same amount of time that ever has was. Somebody's telling me what this changing this clock does to us. It's all up here in your head, and I know what the statistic says. Somebody said the other day, will it change in the sun? I said, it can't change the sun. It's the same always. But he went by on the other side because he didn't have the time. But Jesus came down. How many glad Jesus left the throne of glory, stripped himself of all of the authority that he had in heaven, and came down as a man that he might redeem us from this bloody road that we travel on today? We're born in sin and shaped within iniquity. You're going to have problems. But not, oh, me, but happy me, because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came down from heaven. He went down to where he was. And there he pours in oil. And David said he poured in excellent oil. How I many you know everything God does, he does how? Excellent. Jesus came to the Samaritan, or he was the Samaritan. We find in John 8, 48, they called Jesus the Samaritan. The Jew hated the Samaritans. We don't know what kind of man was wounded, but Jesus didn't care. I want you to know you can be wounded in life and nothing you've done wrong to get wounded, but you can get wounded. This man got wounded. This man was stripped of everything that he had and left for dead. I want you to know that you and I were dead in the trespasses of sin, but Jesus didn't pass you by. He came by where you was. He got down where you was. Amen? I mean, you know that men are not going to get down where you are because they're afraid they might catch what you got. We're going through a terrible time in the last few months about this coronavirus. We're so afraid we're going to catch it. Listen, we ought to be thanking God we hadn't catch it. And if we have caught it, thank God that we got over it. Because he came down where you was and he poured the excellent oil of wine into your life. The wine represents the Holy Ghost and also the oil does. Some good things is happening. Somebody say amen. They're not about to happen. They're what? They're happening. Jesus has not changed one bit since he went back to heaven. He's still the same if he was in Acts He's still going to be the same when he comes back, the wonderful good things that God is doing. And Jesus says unto you to go do what? We can get so caught up in life, we don't have time to call a wounded person. We're too busy. 
You can drive from here to Texas Canner. These cars goes in and out, in and out, put you in danger, and you get up there at 989, they're sitting on the red light, waiting on the red light. We're, don't, don't criticize them. We're the same way. God has given us the time to do what we need to do for His glory and for His honor. We have all the time in the world to do what needs to be done for the kingdom of God and the blessings of God. I'm going to share something here from found in uh, Isaiah 45, 1 to 3 a little bit. And I will give you the treasures of the darkness and hidden riches. I will give you the wealth of the cities. Now, he talks about Cyrus. And if any of you read the Bible, know a little bit about the Bible, Cyrus was not a real good guy. He was not a good guy. He was a king, but he wasn't all that good. How many of you know that I'm going to come to this again in a minute? Whatever God has created is created for him. Hmm? It's not anything Brother Ken mentioned about the mowed grass. That's in the Bible. Whatever is created was created for his use. Cyrus is not a good guy, but he's created for the use of God. He's in God's hand like waters in a channel. He can direct it any time he wants to go to turn that evil man to be a blessing to his children. Listen to what this verse says about him, about that. Isaiah 44 and 28. Who says to Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he will accomplish all that I please. He will say to Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt. How many believe it's time that my life and your life needs to be rebuilt? I don't know about you, but I'm not as perfect as I would like to be. Or maybe, maybe I want you to believe. But he said he wanted to be rebuilt. He's going to use Cyrus to do it. Let me read you something else about Cyrus, what the Bible says about him. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, Cyrus, whose right hand I hold to subdue nations, to strip kings of their authority, to open doors, So the gates will not be shut. Cyrus was a type of Jesus Christ. Some might say, well, I don't know. Nowhere in the book of Esther does it mention God. There's no relation to the Lord whatsoever in the book of Esther. But the king is a type of Jesus Christ. Ezra, I mean, Esther is a type of the Gentile church. And Mordecai is a type of the Holy Ghost because he's the one giving the advice. God has people in position that you and I don't know yet that he can touch and change a world system in just a little bit. Now, Jesus gives us a picture here. As I have done to this man, you go and what? You do likewise. I was telling Sister Peggy, I went to get us some food the other day, and that guy brought it out to me, and I paid him. 
And I handed him some money. He said, take that back. I said, that's your tip. He said, sir, I don't want your money. I want you to take it back. Oh, glory to God. What I'm saying is God wants us to show things of blessings to others. I was eating with a guy some time ago, and he left a large bill on the table. I said, I already got it. I took care of everything. He said, I know you have, but said, I want to be a blessing to somebody today. How many know that God has called you and me to be a blessing to somebody else? You cannot outgive God. When you bless somebody else, God's going to bless you. One grain of corn produces how much? Just one grain of corn, when you put it in the ground, produces how much? 1,500, right? That one little grain of corn produces 1,500 grains of corn. Just one little thing that you do for somebody, God's going to give you a tremendous blessing for it. You're created for the purpose of God and for no other purpose on this earth. That's the number one purpose. How many believe something good is happening in your life? Something good is taking place today. Matthew 21, Jesus says, I want you to go and you'll find a mother colt, a mother donkey, and she's got a little colt. I want you to bring them to me. And said, if they ask what you're doing, you tell them the master has need of them. The colt, the donkey, is considered unclean beast. But God says, I want you to tell them I got a need for them. How many believe that God has a need for you? He has a need for you in whatever you do. It may seem small or little, but he has a need for you in the kingdom of God. The master has need. You say, what need does Jesus have? He said, the harvest is great, but the labors are few. But pray for the Lord of the harvest to send labors. Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. And he needs to pray that, Lord, the harvest... Listen, nobody's going to come to God except they're drawn by the Spirit. Nobody's going to come to God except they're drawn by the Spirit. The Master has need of everything that He has created, and He created for a purpose. There's some things I don't know what He created them for because, to me, they're a nuisance. You know, they, they, they're just a nuisance. Everything God created was for his personal need. His personal need. Jesus needed the cold. And he rode that coat through Jerusalem and they threw all the garments down and said, Hosanna, Hosanna, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And they sang unto him. But at the crucifixion, they said, crucify. And the same people sang in praise. Now he's singing crucify but jesus on the cross said lord forgive them they don't know what to do he's the good samaritan how many know that god forgave you something you didn't realize it 
Oh, glory to God. I don't know where you feel what I feel today, but I tell you, I'm so happy to know the Lord. Knowing the Lord does not exempt you from problems and troubles and trials, but knowing the Lord gives you grace and power to go through it and do what He wants you to be done. And He's got a purpose for your life. A purpose. How many believe that God needs you? Jesus needed the raven. What did he need a raven for? A raven is an unclean beast. It feeds off of dead things. What did he need the raven for? What did he say, Brother James? Oh, to deliver to who? How many know that God sometimes uses unclean people to bring you the greatest blessing you ever had in your life? Sometimes the people that you never would thought would have done what they done to you because they were so evil. I've had people to bless me. I thought, Lord, in the world, where'd that come from? Because they're in God's hand. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for who? For me. And God gives you power to do what? To get that wealth. You said, why is that? Because God needs the wealth of this world to evangelize this world. You ought to shout Hallelujah. The more that God can get into us, the more He can get out of us of the blessings of God. He needs you. He said, I left you an example. Here's what I want you to do. As I've done to them, a him, I want you to do what? Go do likewise. Well, I just don't have the time. I'm afraid I'm going to get contaminated. You're protected by the blood of the Lamb. You're protected by angels that's looking after you and taking care of you. Jesus needs to whale. When I first got in the church, I was ignorant. I tell you, y'all don't know how ignorant I was. And a guy told me one time, and he said that nothing to that story that the whale smaller Jonah. He said the whale's throat's not big enough to swallow a man. And furthermore, whale didn't swim in that area. I didn't know. But when I read the Word of God, Sister Linda, God prepared a fish to be there at that particular time. He needed a whale to catch the prophet and take him on his destiny. He needed the whale. He needs you. Debbie Henson, it's good to see you. It's so good to see you. So good to see you. He needs you. He needs you. I mean, you know, I don't know why he needed the ants. I poisoned them yesterday. I did. Walking it all over my place looking for him. But you know, God created that ant for a purpose. One purpose is to teach us not to be a slugger, but to be up and about the master's business to gather you some food in the summertime because of wintertime, you may have to help somebody. Sometimes God sends people in our paths to see if we're going to take time or see if we're going to reach in our pocketbook 
and see if we're going to help them. But he created it for a purpose. Proverbs 30 said, There are four things that are little upon this earth, but they are exceedingly wise. What's wise about an ant, Sister Sue? What's, what's, what makes an ant wise? He gathers his food in the summertime because he knows the winters are coming. Listen, you better make hay while the sun's shining because it's going to come a rainy day. You better enjoy the blessings of God and the sweetness of God right now because it may be a come time you need to reach back in your storehouse and draw some of that wonderful blessings that you put in there. How many know it's vitally important for you to read that Word of God and memorize it? Jesus said, I'll bring all things to your remembrance what I said. When the devil comes in like a flood, you're going to need to draw some scriptures, which is the sword, which is the Spirit of God, which is going to fight those evil spirits that attacks you. You've got to be able to use the sword, which is the Word of God. Then he goes on to say about the ant, uh, he is strong. He is very strong. Sister Emily told me this story. She said, an ant can sting Jack, and he thinks his arm is broke. You know, an ant can really hurt you. But he's strong. But he's small. But God needs him. He talks about God needs him for that. Well, God really don't need me. God needs you. He needs you to find somebody on the road that's been a wounded, no fault of their own. I stopped yesterday and got gas and talking to the guy on the other side of the pump. I tell you, I don't know who he was, where he come from, but he had a nasty old truck. Looked like it needed to go through the car wash, but he was upbeat. He was happy. He said, this is a wonderful day today, isn't it? Amen. He said, I want you to have a wonderful day. Isn't that wonderful? Somebody just come, you didn't know out of nowhere that God just sent them to you to speak something good in your life. On this bloody road, this terrible road, this man fell among thieves. Oh, glory to God. I guess you all know that our kids own truck, they stole the catalytic converter off of it. Y'all know that? Insurance company told us don't park it back in the back. We had it parked back in the back. Don't park it in the back where it's hid. Park it out where it can be seen. Well, that, that's what we did. And it was seen all right. Brother Sam goes down under crank and he thought, well, something wrong with this little baby. Somebody had stole that catalytic converter right in the broad daylight. I guess it was daylight. God needs you. He needs you. Verse 26 says, the conies, they are feeble people, yet they make their house in the rocks. You know, you may be feeble, but you need to build your house up on the rock 
Christ Jesus. These conies are weak and feeble people, but they know where to build their house on the rock. How many built on the rock? Winds come, floods come, but you remain stable. He needs you to be a living example when the winds come and when the floods come. And the wonderful blessings of God. Here's another one. What about the locusts? They have no king. They have no encourager. But they're about the master's business because he created it. Like Brother Ken brought out in his Sunday school lesson, we're the only creatures that God made give us a choice whether we'll worship him or we don't worship him. Everything else he created out there on this, everything out there worships their God. Jesus said, that's how I've done to you. You go do likewise. Then he talks about the spider. Says he take a hold of her hands. And David said, I envy the spider because he gets to stay in the king's palace. And I just get to go once in a while. How many of you are glad that some people say, Well, I wish I'd live back yonder? You living in the best day that the world has ever seen. This is your time. This is your hour. This is your moment. And we need to live it to the fullness every day. You're blessed. Because God has blessed you so he can use you. Go and do likewise. The Bible says, whatsoever you find to do, do it with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, and all your strength as unto the Lord. He teaches us to go look for things to do. Some might say, well, that in my, not in my job description. You don't have a job description in the kingdom of God. That's in the workforce. You can't bring that in here. You need to look for something to do in the kingdom of God. Call some of the shut-ins. I read one time where Joel Osteen was so discouraged and down and out. He went to the church and he didn't know what to do, and he just looking down the list of people's in the hospital. And he run his finger down it and seen where they were. He called it, and it was a young man in critical condition. And he said, when I hung up that phone, I was ashamed of myself because that man spoke such encouragement words to me. Listen, you never know when somebody's a shut-in what they're going to talk to you about. They have something wonderful to say and to bless your life. God needs you in the kingdom of God. He needs you. He created you for his purpose. Jesus said, go the second mile. Well, it really just don't have time. I'm not going to read all these scriptures, but in the Bible, there's several rewards. There's a full reward speaks of a full reward. It speaks of a partial reward. And also it speaks of no reward. Did not it say in Matthew 13 that he that haveth more would be given to him? Those that go the second mile, 
I guarantee you, you're going to get a full reward. But those that go partially away, going to give them no reward or partial reward. God needs you working in his kingdom. He needs you mightily in his kingdom. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. That's, I think it's about Mark 5. He said, let's go to the other side. I got business over there. He gets on the boat, goes to the other side. And the very first thing met him was a man that had legions of demons in him. That's the very first thing that met him. The Bible said Jesus never said one word, never done one thing, except the Father told him. I want to get there. How many want to get there that you don't say anything except what the Father tells you? You don't go anywhere except what the Father tells you to go. It was the Father. The Spirit told him to get in that boat and do what? And go to the other side. And when he got over there, this legions was in this man, Brother Melvin, was tormenting him night and day. We're living in a world today, the depression is higher than it's ever been in the world. Suicide is higher than it's ever been in the world. Suicide is higher among young people than it ever has been in the world. There is a spirit that's gripping the world. A lady told us that she, well, she taught this at a conference, and some of them just ate it up about the devil wearing out the saints. Oh, that's what he's doing to me. Listen, the devil got no business of wearing out a saint but it's full of the power of the Holy Ghost and full of the blessings of God. We ought to wear him out. Amen? We're given the authority to cast him out. Amen? Cast out your fear. Cast out your worry. Cast out your doubt. And cast out your unbelief. Jesus is on the throne, but the Holy Ghost is here. The same works that Jesus did is still being done today here. And Jesus cast that demon out, or legions out. And then, I want you to notice something else here. The man wanted to go on the missionary journey. He wanted to go to the evangelistic field. He wanted to go where Jesus was going. But Jesus said, no, don't go. What did he tell him? Somebody want to tell me what he told him. Go ahead. Shout it out loud, Brother Don. Stay here. How I many that God, we have to hear the voice of God. And I could give you some examples that I've known that people went on a missionary field and wouldn't but a little while they came back. It's not what they thought it was going to be. Your missionary field is wherever God sends you. How many know there's a great mission field right here? There's a great need of the move of God right here in this city, in other cities, in this nation. He said, stay here. Now notice what he said, and go tell what wonderful things God has done for you. How many could stand up right now and say, God has done something wonderful for me? And I want everybody else to know what wonderful things God has done in my life. The Bible said he left immediately. He went throughout Decapolis, meaning ten cities, and began to tell them what wonderful things Jesus had done for them. He was so happy. And if you read further on, 
you'll find out Jesus came back through that area, and when they heard that Jesus is in town, they took the lame, the blind, the halt, and the main, that means people had no legs, no arms, and laid them next to the path where Jesus would come because he had told them what wonderful things Jesus had done for him. How many can say that Jesus had done some wonderful things in your life? We need not to be the need to be silent. We need to be telling what Jesus had done in our life. We need to be evangelizing wherever we go. You don't have to go somewhere every day. You go to Walmart. You go here. You go there. I think I told you this story. I hardly ever go shop. Peggy does that, but I'm fixing to have to do some of it. But I went to, she sent me down to Brookshire to get something. One item, one item. I was standing in line, and this lady, she was an elderly lady. She had a big buggy full of stuff. She looked at me, and she said, is that all you got? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, you get in front of me then. I said, no, ma'am, I'm not no her. I'm enjoying myself. She said, no, you just get in front of me and, and, and go on. That's a blessing. You're blessed going in and you what? I don't know about nobody, but I enjoyed that Sunday school lesson when you think about David in the cave with 400 vain, wicked, ungodly men. Two more hundred joined them, locked up in the cave. But he took out his old harp and began to sing. How many can sing a song in the midst of your crisis? Can I have that? Now, can you sing a song? Amen. Oh, man. The glory to God. And everywhere they laid those people that touched the harm, the hem of Jesus' garment was healed because of one man's testimony what Jesus had done. How many of you know that's still happening today? There's a place. How many of you ever heard of Hong Kong? Anybody ever heard of Hong Kong? There's a place there called the Wailing Wall where people gather from around the world. The worst cases in the world is gathering there. Drug addicts, alcoholics, you name it, and they're gathering there. His name is Dr. R.T. Kendall. He's a best-selling author of many books and also been a pastor. One of his most important books is Totally Forgiven. What happens in your life as a Christian when you totally forgive? Him and his wife, Louise, had heard about Hong Kong and the Wailing Wall. So they wanted to go. So they went. And they noticed that this Wailing Wall were drug addicts that had been delivered by Jesus, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. From around the world were coming. It's a true story. What was coming? Drug addicts. Alcoholics, depression, you name it, they were coming. When the Naomi said, heard there was bread, 
when there was bread, they began to come. She went home. I want you to help me to pray when people come to themselves like the prodigal son. He come to himself and realized there's a better life than what I got. I mean, I don't know about you right now, but there's a better life from where you are right now. That's more of God. We ought not to be praying for more of the Holy Ghost. We ought to be praying the Holy Ghost have more of us. The Holy Ghost can have more of us. The Holy Ghost can use us more than what he's ever used us before for his glowing arm. They stood there and watched that. He said, Louise had never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She'd never received it. She got in line when they was praying. When these drug addicts had been delivered from drugs and whatever thing you think of and been filled with the Holy Ghost, she got in line to be prayed for. Now, somebody tell me what happened when one of them ex-drug addicts been bound by drugs controlled by drugs, been delivered. Glory to God, church, if we ought to be really excited that God has delivered us. I mean really excited that God has delivered us. We're not the creature we used to be. We're a new creature in Christ. We're not free. Do what? Under the blood. We're not free from mistakes and errors which people will look at Paul said, don't look at a person by 2 Corinthians 5, 16, I believe it is. Don't look at a person because of the flesh. Know no man of the flesh, but know him of the Spirit. If you get to looking at people's flesh and their mistakes instead of who they really are, get past that skin. Get past that and see what God has put in their lives, how God has delivered their lives. A lot of time we want to reform others. <laughs> we hadn't reformed ourselves yet. How I many you know? I don't know about you, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done on me, right, Peggy? She ain't gonna say nothing. Well, she did give a little nod there. But God is the reformer. Jesus is the good Samaritan. Jesus is the deliverer. He didn't just deliver while he was on this earth. He's delivering today. Through you and me, through the power of the Holy Ghost that He's put in our lives. I'm looking for something good to happen every day. I want something better every day to happen. Robert Kennedy, when he was going to run for the presidency, he said, I don't look at things as is. I want to see things that never has been. And they killed him. Listen, I want to see things. How many want to see things not as is, but something that God has for us? He is, Jesus is the good Samaritan. He painted a picture. He's still living that picture today all over this world. Something good is happening. He is the good Samaritan. Isaiah 38 and 21. They shall recover. I don't care what it looks like. They shall what? Is anything too hard for God? Nothing too hard for God. Jesus is the good Samaritan. God bless you for being here today.
I want you to look for something good to happen today, right now. While you're here right now. Amen. Look for something good because Jesus is here. He's here in people's lives. He needs everything he created. He uses it for his glory and for his honor. God bless you as they come again to sing and worship and praise God. Jesus is the good Samaritan. They called him the Samaritan because he was the good Samaritan. He's with you every day of your life. He's with you everywhere you go. The wonderful things of God. God bless you.